to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Happy, blessed, bountiful, beautiful equinox for my people in the Northern Hemisphere. This is our vernal equinox, our spring solstice, Ostara. From a people in the Southern Hemisphere, you can honor this as whatever you want, but technically speaking, happy autumnal equinox. It's beautiful. Aries season really is the gateway. It really is the gateway between the, the intensity of birth and of death, depending on where we are in the world. Um, the spring equinox is the beginning of life. It's the transition from Pisces to Aries. It's the transition into spring. Um, it's thought to be the first day of spring, but of course, nature is so much more spiralic, technically speaking. It, you know, starts when it starts, but it is the first day of spring considered to be, um, even though it might be quite cold for a little while. <clears throat> um, the beauty of this um, very special day is that we get to reconnect to the spiral way and we get to reconnect to the wheel of the year and we get to see where we are on our journey. What are we birthing? What are we growing? What are we expanding around? Those are all beautiful questions to ask ourselves today. And I love to just do a simple reflection on every solstice and see what I've learned from what's been released what I'm currently growing, gestating, pregnant with, and what I'm cherishing, where I am on the life-death-life cycle, on the, on the um, scale of birth and death. It's really quite beautiful. So um, happy Equinox Day to everyone listening to this. <clears throat> um, and I'm going to keep the intro fairly short today and uh, dive right into our guests. So we have an extra special guest today. She is not a tarot reader. And this is, uh, other than my first guest, Ruby Warrington of the Numinous, is my first non-tarot related guest. However, um, I think you're going to be very happy with this person. I have on the podcast today the honor of having the incredible astrologer, Heidi Rose Robbins. And she is with us to talk about her path, about her life, about the some of the astrological energetics of not only the equinox, but about Aries and about the Mercury retrograde that's coming up, and it's going to be quite beautiful. Um, so a little bit about Heidi. Heidi is an esoteric astrologer, poet, podcaster, and leader of Radiant Life Retreats. As a poet, Heidi has shared her original work at two TEDx events in Los Angeles, her poetry book, This Beckoning Ceaseless Beauty, was published in 2013 for two enthusiastic reviews. The Radiance Project, her podcast, combines her love of astrology, poetry, and good company. In her astrological practice, Heidi has supported many men and women through major life transitions, spiritual crises, crises, and growth opportunities. Her Radiant Life Retreats have helped many women live fuller, more expressive, and courageously loving lives. Um, Heidi, uh, had the good fortune of getting a reading from Heidi, um, earlier this year, and it was so profound. Her podcast is gorgeous. She is gorgeous. She's just the most beautiful woman, beautiful person. Um, and I'm also really delighted to announce that Heidi and I are going to be teaching together tonight in Los Angeles at Women's Space from 7 to 9.30 p.m. We're co-leading a workshop called Radiant Rebirth. That's all about the medicine of the equinox. And um, I believe by the telling of this, it might be sold out. So I'm sorry. Um, but hopefully there'll be a recording of it so that if anyone wants to listen or drop in, um, there might be, I don't know. Basically, I think the best thing to do is if there's going to be a recording, trust that I will talk about it. And if I don't talk about it, there isn't one <laughs> because I know that there might be some that might feel really excited about that might want to email me. I promise you that, um, you can hold your emails, not that I don't love them, but you can hold them. Um, 
because you'll know it. And I'll, I'll make an announcement on the podcast if we decide to record it and have it, you know, available for purchase. Um, but regardless, Heidi and I will probably teach together again. Um, but yeah, I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk a little bit about her journey. It's gorgeous. And, um, she does have connections with tarot, even though she is an astrologer by profession. And I wanted to offer a little treat to everyone listening about how they can dive more deeply into their understanding of the equinox today. Um, and yeah, that's what I have for you. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you and um, welcome you, I guess, to my interview with Heidi Rose Robbins. I hope you love it and I'll see you next week. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations in Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. Um, this is such a special episode. This is such a special guest. Um, she, I'm guessing that most people who listen to this podcast know you already. Um, I have with me today on Tarot for the Wild Soul, the absolutely gorgeously gifted, phenomenal Heidi Rose Robbins. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, love. I'm so happy to be here with you. Delighted. Me too. Me too. Um, So Heidi, you know, I'm in the intro mentioned you are an astrologer um, who is absolutely um, like one of the best. I've had a reading with you. It was completely life-changing experience. I had the honor to get to chat with you on your podcast, um, The Radiance Project, you have so many irons in the fire in terms of how you show up and serve your moon notes on your Instagram every day. Um, and it's a dissimilar format because usually I'm chatting with folks about tarot, but uh, this is a special episode. We'll chat a little bit about tarot, but I want to really dive in about your beautiful journey through astrology. Um, I'd love to start just simply with your birth story in terms of how astrology came to you and what the journey has been for you since discovering it to where you are now really um, utilizing it. And I think a very unique soul centered lens. Hmm. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually Lindsay, have a kind of um, unusual story, I guess, in that when I was, you know, a little kid, I was at the kitchen table with my dad, um, you know, coloring chakras. I mean, we wow. grew up in a, in a very unusual household <laughs> um, in, in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, believe it or not, my dad, he, he was the um, director of the Fargo Moorhead Civic Opera Company. But on in all his spare time, he was studying astrology and studying the ageless wisdom. And he was, you know, he, he is a rare soul. And um, so from the time I was three, I was learning the Zodiac with uh, the ABCs and in fact have an, a little recording of myself singing the, the Zodiac when I was that little. Aww. So it's always, it's, you know, yeah, it's like, it's, um, I, it's, it's like I grew up in a home uh, where I was learning a second language from the get-go. So, um, you know, so I've just steeped in it and I always, you know, that's the lens through which I see the world. And, um, you know, of course I went through little phases of like, well, that's what dad does, you know, and isn't he funny? He whispers in my ear when, you know, I have a new boyfriend or when my friend is doing something particularly Cancerian or particularly Leo or particularly (laughs) Scorpio, you know? So, you know, um, I was always hearing him and it wasn't when I was 18 years old, uh, we were on a family trip to block Island, uh, Rhode Island. And we used to go every summer. And I remember having this real clarity that I wanted my father to make two at that time, cassette tapes or three cassette tapes with all the introductory astrology information. Mm. And I just knew I wanted to learn it. Just something clicked. And Turns, I mean, he took walk, we took a walk together. We walked for hours and hours and hours over a couple of days, and he made me this first uh, real intro to astrology. He went through every sign. He went through every planet. He went through every 
aspect, and I still have that to this day, and I have re-listened to it. And um, so, you know, that's when I really started, when I was 18 years old. Um, but I also had a parallel path as an actress and a director and an artist. And so really only in the last, I would say, let's say 20 years, um, have I been primarily walking the astrology spiritual uh, path using this as the, a main medium in my life to teach and to empower and to uh, help people grow. Mm. So that's a little snapshot. <laughs> wow. And you know, it, I'm just so blown away that your experience of astrology was is part of your ancestral lineage, which I feel like you are absolutely the first person that I've personally met that shares that story, that there was a passing down yeah. to you. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very rare and and in that respect I feel deeply deeply blessed and certainly my father did not have that experience, you know, his family wanted him to go into the clothing business and you know like or be a rabbi or you know and uh, <laughs> it, he was he sort of like one of these things is not like the other mm -hmm. and he was very out of sorts and I I feel like I had the great good fortune of from the get go being uh like deeply supported. I remember, you know, I have Leo rising and I remember my father writing me a letter when I was in my, you know, let's say late teens, early twenties, where, you know, he signed it off by saying, never compromise your true radiant self. And, mm. you know, that's the Leo message really. And so, you know, I just feel deeply blessed to have had those words, his words with me as I grew. And um, yeah, I mean, Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. <laughs> mm, I love that. And I also have to say I really love that you got it from the patrilineal side. Like that's really special mm. that your dad passed it down. I feel like so often there's, you know, just kind of the passing down of stories happened a lot from woman to woman. And I, it's just so special to hear about how your dad like passed this down to you. It just is beautiful. Yeah, and you know maybe the, the the funny thing about it is that my mother um, was an architect and uh, very much of the earth, very much of like grounded, practical, no nonsense. Communicate this with clarity. You know, she brought a lot of structure mm -hmm. and, of course, a lot of love to my life, but a lot of structure and um, and the beauty of groundedness and the beauty of that. So. I, I always say, you know, I, my father gave me the heavens and my mother gave me the earth and I get oh. to stand right in between, you know, and hopefully bring um, a, a no-nonsense grounded, really uh, workable tool to the people that I get to talk with and work with. So gorgeous. Um, yeah. and, and I and, and you are, I would say, as an outsider, completely successful at that. And I have always felt that in your podcasts and in the way you speak, especially with your guests and even in my experience on your show, because I've listened to many of the episodes of your podcast prior to mine, but um, you do speak on astrology like a, like a, like others. Um, it feels like it's bilingual, like you're communicating, mm. you're communicating, you're listening, you're receiving, but there's also this depth that it does not surprise me that you've been doing this since birth. Basically, there's mm. just this understanding and this, um, yeah, the specificity that um, now knowing the root of it, it, it's so clear that like, yeah, of course, <laughs> you would have been doing this <laughs> forever and seeing people through yeah. that lens of you from forever. That's yeah. Really yeah. Thanks for that reflection. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, you practice something that you call esoteric astrology and um, practice soul centered astrology. And I, this, I practice something that I call soul centered tarot. So everybody listening to this, I know is already deeply with you, but I would love to hear in your own words, what it means to you to reflect on astrology as a soul-centered offering and um, where you came 
to that? Like, has that always been there? Did you finally say to yourself like, oh, like this is, this is what I'm doing with astrology? Mm-hmm. Well, to tell you the truth, again, it's very much of the lineage. Um, mm. My father studies the Alice Bailey books, and there, one of those books is called Esoteric Astrology. And it is very much the first real text about soul-centered astrology. What I would say about soul-centered, I mean, so in, in other words, I sort of learned soul-centered astrology along with traditional astrology, like hand in hand. So the, the simplest way I would say soul-centered astrology is that the moment that we begin to look out into the world and d- decide that we have something to give and that we want to help another grow, we have entered the realm of soul. The moment that we are interested in quality instead of quantity, mm. we have entered the soul realm. And so in esoteric astrology, there's a whole different series of rulers for the signs. So on one hand, we could say, well, Aries is ruled by Mars at the personality-centered level, and it's a fighter, and it dives in, and it's daring, and it's, you know, sometimes it gets in fights, and sometimes it pushes its way through, and sometimes it's impatient, and it's, you know, it's got that kind of like, but at the soul-centered level, Mercury rules Aries. And so suddenly we have this opportunity to use this same energy in a really conscious way. And we come forward with our ideas and we plant the new seeds for humanity so that they can grow and we can change and we can evolve. So it becomes, it's the energy of altruism and generosity and generosity of self with a capital S. And then I suppose the only other thing I would say about soul-centered astrology is that, you know, it also looks at a life journey as many, much more than one life. So Mm. we do look at reincarnation and we do look at the evolution of a soul and we do look at, okay, we're walking this path. What do we, what, what energies are we calling in in this lifetime to help us grow the light to help us? Uh, create a situation where there's more light than dark in our beings to help us live a more soul-filled life. And so each chart of each life is um, a a piece of the journey that helps us grow. And for example, sometimes we will have the same rising sign for several lifetimes in a row so we can really get it, so that we can really cultivate and and build in this life energy. But that's, yeah, that, but the simplest thing for me is if you're, it's if it's soul-centered astrology is if I'm interested in you yeah. <laughs> and I want to, you know, right? Yeah. Right. I, I love that. And I'd love to ask you because, um, the relationship, probably spiralic relationship that you have to, um, working with the quote future, because I had a reading with you. And it was, you gave me exactly what I needed at that time to step into an unknown where it was really important for me not to know. And that was honored in our reading where essentially Mm, you laid, you laid the groundwork for me to say, this is a great time to do X. This is a great time to do Y. And also FYI, all these different transits are happening, so they're good for X, Y, Z. But I, but I also know from a girlfriends of mine that have gotten readings, like you have like straight up, I mean, I hope you're comfortable with me saying this, but in their minds, like literally predicted <laughs> like pregnancies <laughs> and like different things that have happened that have been so profound. And I know with the work I do that it, it, it totally always flows back and forth where there is just a clear knowing that comes through. It's so clear. And then sometimes it's important to not know. Um, and I think with astrology, astrology similar to tarot where people often, I guess, show up wanting to know when a good time would be to do X or Y. Um, have you found that as you've been doing this work over the years, um, well, I guess there's a couple questions in there. My first is, what is your particular way of working with 
the uh, flexibility toward, quote, the future versus the present versus the holistic yeah. person. And um, actually, I'll start there. And if I have more, yeah, I'll yeah. ask. Yeah. I'd love yeah, to yeah, hear yeah. that. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a great question. It's a great um, uh, area to explore. I mean, I do have people come to me that really want to me to be psychic. Do you know, they want me yeah. to be able to say, this is what's going to happen. Or, the, you know, it's just a matter of education, really, too. Like, because in our society, astrology is is connected with fortune telling. I think it's getting better. I think people are getting educated. I think mm-hmm. people are understanding it as a deeper intuitive science. But, um, you know, it's tricky. So the first thing I always say is, look, you know, this is a map. This is a blueprint of the heavens from when you were born. I'm going to be able to tell you a lot about the cycles that you're in, a lot about the nature of particular transits. In other words, how the planets in the heavens are affecting your natal birth chart. We can talk a lot of, I mean, I can say, oh my gosh, you know, eight out of 10 clients have had this, you know, transit have moved <laughs> during this time. You know, I mean, it's like, in a way, there are statistics like that, right? Yeah. Where, yeah, Uranus often brings a, a big move. And so I can, I can t- say things like that, but there is no way that I can tell you what is going to happen mm-hmm. because it's about your free will meeting this design. Yeah. Now, can I say, sure looks good for having a baby in this window. Yes, I can. And sometimes, you know, later the story becomes, Heidi totally predicted that I was, you know, going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And I I can, I never totally, I can predict, I can say, look, this window of time is a gracious, grace-filled, powerful moment for you to X, Y, Z. But there are many, many, many ways the energies can manifest. So. Love it. um, Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the dance of your free will meeting a, a really powerful map that hopefully in the future, we're all going to have our maps and we're all going to navigate much more consciously. Mm. Um, That's the perfect answer. And I love, I really wanted people to, to hear that because I think that sometimes there is this expectation on, on tarot too. You know, there is this expectation of knowing it all and you're Mm. absolutely right. Free will is it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's everything. So I love that. And, you know, that you're doing, you know, you doing that work helps to shift the overcultural narrative of astrology as being predictive or fortune telling esque. And um, the more I see readers doing that, the you know, it, it just helps to aid that evolution in terms of societal, you know, yeah. And I find also, I find that people, the greatest breakthroughs and tears and relief comes not from me saying this is going to happen or this has the possibility of happening, but from me saying, I see you like Mm -hmm. this. I see the energies and how they combine in you. And, you know, I see that. And then there is this tremendous relief for being seen and known and understood through this particular lens, you know? So it's often more like, oh, the relief of the internal experience being named and it's not some great hidden secret. It's not some, you know, something that is tucked away that isn't seen. It's actually visible. (laughs) That's gorgeous. I love it. Um, When did you start to do astrology professionally? You kind of mentioned it in your story, but around how old were you? I was living in Seattle, and it was about it was about eighteen years ago. I would Mm, say that I started, and I started very, you know, like I used to. (laughs) I used to spend hours preparing the chart, and I used to charge like forty (laughs) dollars, and you know. Um, would do a couple of charts in a week, maybe, you know, it was very, very slow. And it was like Mm -hmm. the idea of just getting, breathing in my own authority, trusting myself, practicing, 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 you know, and then, uh, and then it, and then it grew quite, you know, it grew and grew. And of course, Mm -hmm. you just keep showing up. And I use astrology in a lot of different ways. I do have my, I do have my practice, but one of the 
joys that I do with astrology is that I work with groups of women and groups of people to embody the energies and to help us grow collectively as a group and not just through one-on-one practice. So that also started entering in about mm, 15 years ago or so. I started doing more group work. I actually had a question for you about that. So I, I, know that you do these beautiful retreats and these and this beautiful group work and I have been so fascinated by this practice that you I've heard so much about from from people that I know who've done your retreats um around the embodiment um which feels like I would love for you to to talk about that because I feel like even you sharing a little bit about it for anybody who obviously you don't need to give away the whole sauce, but (laughs) for anybody who's (laughs) curious or working with a certain part of their chart that's funky for them, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you um, lead people through this kind of sign embodiment. Yeah, yeah. Well, so in my own chart, I have Venus in Taurus at the very top of the chart, which is in the area of career. And Venus is what we value, what we love. And Taurus is all about, you know, the embodiment, like being in the body, but also the light that comes through the physical form. And so there's a, it has a lot to do with illumination. So lighting a path through, you know, in this case, through embodiment. So, you know, I was trained, uh, I went to graduate school for goodness sake as an actress mm-hmm. and, but I, I got out of, uh, got my MFA and the, day, the final day I thought to myself, I'm not going to act anymore. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I did act a little bit more, but um, to tell you the truth, I knew in that moment that I had gone to graduate school to learn about, to, 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 to breathe in confidence, mm. to learn about presence, to learn about community, to learn about um, expression. And, and I knew that it was going to have to weave with the spiritual. And so um, my background is deeply, you know, I, I also walk, followed my father around as he directed operas. Yeah. And so, and I watched him give notes and watched him stage things. So my background is deeply in this artistic path and in this uh, path of the theater. And then I started to say, you know, gosh, how can these energies come alive? And I did, there was a wonderful man named Lawson Bracewell, who from um, New Zealand, who when I was young, I would go to these conferences that my father would hold. And he also embodied the energies. And I thought, oh my God, this is brilliant. I just loved it. And I knew then too, that he was planting seeds for me. So anyway, what we do to to be very simple at some of these retreats, at my Radiant Life retreats is, for example, a woman will sit down, I will share her sun, moon and rising sign with the group. I will talk a little bit about them. I will get three women up. One will be her son. One will be her moon. One will be her rising sign. And at first they will use a simple phrase about what I like to call the wretchedness of that sign, you know? So, you know, cancer might be like, Oh my God, I'm so, I feel so sensitive. Just leave me alone. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I, I, you know, I need to protect myself. And, mm-hmm. um, and Aries might be like, get out of my way. I'm, you know, bash through the other two people, you know, and Scorpio might be like, you know, be very silent, but intense and, and, you know, want to seduce or something or want to kill. But then we actually do a transformation where mm. they start to listen to one another and they start to learn how to use the best qualities. And though it's hard to explain in words, by the end, when they're sounding the highest notes of each sign, the women watching are weeping and laughing and weeping and laughing mm. because they've seen what's possible and they see, they've seen, they've outed themselves in a way, you know? And so once they have this picture of the possible, this, this beautiful picture of where they can evolve to and, 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 and often have tasted and know their, their potential then um, it, it, it gets easier. Somehow you've like laid out a path, you know? And sometimes we embody a difficult transit or a powerful transit where we say, okay, well, Saturn's on your sun. How are you going to use it? Are you going to be squashed? Or is Saturn, you know, a woman playing Saturn with her hand at your back, is she going to encourage you to do what you have to do in the world? So they become these brilliant improvisations yeah. that that the women do that really change all of our lives through watching them and being in them absolutely gorgeous 
Yeah. I just got back. I just got back yesterday from a radiant life retreat and uh, was was steeped with these women for, you know, 20 women for five days. And, you know, I I just have to say you care just the beauty of the women and their courage. I just Mm. carry with me so deeply. (laughs) That's so gorgeous. What What are some of the things that you have is that I feel like such a cheesy question, but I'd really love to know, like, I know that you are in Aries like me, um, what are some of the aspects of your own chart that have been some of the most medicinal and some of the most intense in terms of the acceptance and embracing of them? Great question. Um, so I am a Capricorn moon with an Aries sun and Leo rising. So if I'm going to be very simple about it, the moon is the past, the sun is the present, the rising sign is what we're cultivating, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I also have Saturn sitting right on my sun. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people think, oh, Aries, they're so bold and they're so courageous and they just dive right in. Well, one of the big, big journeys for me has been that Saturn, the father, sits on my son, which at first feels like, don't jump in, don't dare yourself, don't assert, don't initiate. And, um, and it almost early on made me ill to, you know, step forward and teach, but I just kept doing it and just kept doing it and just kept doing it. So, you know, and so ultimately when Saturn's on your son in Aries, you know, you are meant to breathe in uh, your, you know, your authority, your your desire to lead, your desire to um, to stand tall and mm-hmm. and initiate and and offer. You know, another thing that has gotten that has been difficult for me, but also you know uh, something I can rely on is my Moon in Capricorn because mm-hmm. Moon in Capricorn is very structured and rigid and loves time and loves to be on time and feels responsible and you know feels all this need to be good to the good student, the good daughter, the good everything. And it's like a pain in the ass because, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you feel like you're my Leo rising that wants to be more spontaneous and more playful mm-hmm. and more present and more uh, in love with just the day-to-day living instead of the day-to-day organizing of the living, um, you know, can sometimes feel squashed. But mm-hmm. but um, it's, a, it's a journey and I kept keep just showing up for it. And every time I lead a retreat, I crack open more and I learn more about my ability to just try to soften and stay present to, um, to my heart, to what I love, to what I want to express. And I try to step away from the Saturn and the Capricorn's elements of kind of, of, of wanting to hold that back, you know, and Mm -hmm. instead use the structure and beauty of those energies to support me Mm, so beautiful love it um that's so great because i i think looking at it again in that way is such a healing it's such and you and you know i've again spoken about how much your work is meant to me like now ad nauseum but there have been Mm. there were so many things that you shared with me about my natal chart that have been such a healing and things that Mm. I might have thought were like uh, a detriment that I now see as an empowerment. So it's just really cool and so deeply indicative of why it's so um, accurate that you practice soul-centered astrology because the soul is here to work through things that we as human beings feel like might be wrong or unfair or not okay or not easy and it's like not supposed to be any of those things as you know so yes yes yeah and you you know it's like it's beautiful to just in our an example of our charts you know we're both Aries, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, that's never enough. We have different textures, <laughs> and yeah. in, in 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 your case, you know, with the Leo Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have a Leo Moon, and I have Leo Rising. So, in a way, what's effortless for you, I am I am cultivating, right? And if, so, yeah. if you meet somebody that has the Moon in the sign of your Rising sign, that's a gift because that person is just like, oh yeah, I got this. I know how to do this. You know, that's that's not a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And so relationships are fascinating that way um, because we can be great agents of transformation for one another. Oh, I love looking at it. That was so cool. Um, 
I want to shift a little bit to tarot. Um, how what is your relationship to tarot? I know you've mentioned you've you've dabbled and you play with it. What is do you um yeah just like what how were you introduced to it? How does it show up in your life if at all? Yeah, well, again, it's interesting. I remember a really powerful time um, when my mother started to be interested in tarot. And again, I don't know what it is with Block Island, but she brought the cards to Block Island and we did readings for the family. And, so cool. And my mother, who again, you know, is more more no-nonsense, she found a great peace and great um like joy working with the cards. And I'll never forget this. When I fell in love with my husband, my I was directing Henry V at Interlochen Arts Camp in Michigan one summer, and my mother came to see the show, and she brought her cards. And I had fallen in love with Andrew very, very quickly, and it was like, you know, it's a matter of weeks. And, um, and my mother did a, a reading for us, and it was just this gorgeous reading. And I remember feeling the deep, deep truth of it. Like, mm. I think we ended, I think the last card was either the, the sun or the lovers. Um, but I'm, I'm, I just remember that it was this kind of plen- like joyous, plentiful cup feel. <laughs> um, mm. But in any case, so I just, I, I, and I've always felt it to be a, deeply powerful medium for um, me feeling myself at a particular stage in my life and, and, and opening my intuition to what's next. And, ha- and, and I've found it such a powerful guide. I've never studied it, but um, I have to say, meeting you, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> this might, I might need to dive in here. <laughs> this is too good a tool, it's particularly so the way that you, you know, you talk about it. It's so um, deep and so uh, tangible and so applicable. So um, you're inspiring me to dive in. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well- I ended up, I, I, just to say, I ended up yeah. like one of the mediums that I ended up going studying is hand analysis. And so I love how all of these pair together, you know? So in any case, maybe you'll be my teacher in this, my friend. Oh, I would love that. And I've never, I have never wanted to, I've never, I've just never felt Mm. I've always wanted to learn astrology. I don't think it's my destiny in this lifetime to ever use it professionally. And I feel the same way about Reiki. Like it just doesn't seem to want to work through me that way. But you are the first and only person that I've ever felt like I could totally learn from her because of the way that you teach it and how passionate you are and because I'm obsessed with your retreats like I can't wait to go on one myself <laughs> you know and um mm. it's so cool how you know this is, this is such a um kind of offhand thing but just how there can be so much sort of just this beautiful idea that there's never any shortage of inspiration or teachers and there really is no competition at all between any fields or in within any field because not one person can do what another person can do and it's just so special yeah and it's so special to and thank you for that reflection to me because that's so Mm. nice to hear you know um Mm, mm. yeah oh I'll be there at one of those in the future I I can't wait I said it in my oh yeah I said it in my own podcast when you were on and just saying that yeah I mean the minute that I saw your face on Instagram and heard some of your words. I was like, okay, this is a sister. Lovely depth and lovely wisdom. Yeah. Thank you. So Mm. for anyone listening to this podcast, I'm going to drop this bomb now rather than later, but Heidi and I are doing a workshop together in LA and we're going to talk more about that um, kind of round out on it in the end. But uh, it's almost sold out, which I don't even know if you know, Heidi, but we're, we're Oh, close. my God, I didn't know. I was, oh, yeah. Oh, wow, we're wonderful. really close to it wonderful. being, like, oversold, actually. Um, mm. And it's called Radiant Rebirth, and it's happening at Women's Space on March 20th, and it's all about the solstice. And it's a little bit from me, and it's a little bit from Heidi, and I thought that it would be 
really sweet if you feel cool with this, Heidi, um, to chat a little bit <clears throat> because I feel like when the solstice is hitting, March 20th is feels really powerful because a few days before that we have a new moon in Pisces and then we have Mercury retrograde in Aries. <laughs> it's just like all the things kind of in one week are yeah. um, hitting in this way. And, um, you know, for those who listen to the podcast in, in a tarot centered way, we're leaping into the first day of spring uh, and on the summer uh, spring solstice and we're leaping into Aries and we're starting to shift from the moon card to the emperor. Um, what does, as an astrologer, I'd love to hear a little bit from you, however much you want to offer to the listeners about <clears throat> how you feel just your reflections on the spring solstice in general and how this one, um, kind of the medicine of this one, how you feel like it might be unfolding the kind of invitations it's bringing. Yeah, just, just, yeah. And I'm so excited to do this workshop with you where we're going to go so in depth around. Yeah. This, just a little taste. To, to, <laughs> yeah. To give a, to give a, a sense of this, um, the moment of the spring equinox, the, the, the rising sign is Taurus, as is the moon. And so there's a deep quality, even though the equinox is always about, you know, in be, beginning spring, right? Like freshness, initiative, uh, new beginnings. There's something here that is um, quite deep and quiet about this beginning, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Taurus Rising always asks us, what we value, it always asks us, hello? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, there's some, I'm just hearing something strange in the background. Oh, it's quiet here. What are you hearing? Are you there? I don't know. Okay. I am. I'll start over. Are you okay? I'll just start over with the Well, wait, Heidi, Heidi, hold, hold on one second. Let me hang up and call you back, and then I'll bet you it'll go away. It actually is gone now. It's oh, gone. okay, great. No problem. I just, don't know what happened. We but... can just edit this out. Okay. It's all good. Okay. Okay, thanks, love. So one of the things about the the equinox is that we have Taurus rising, and Taurus is a sign of beauty. It's a sign of illumination. It's a sign of deep quiet. So, you know, Aries launches us into the new, but Taurus manifests. And we, be, we really manifest what we value. And the thing that is most fascinating to me about this chart is that there's such a huge 12th house emphasis. So there's mm-hmm. a lot to me about compassion. There's a lot to me about, yes, you know, step forward, begin the new. And, but there's a great deal about healing and compassion and integrating Pluto, that power healing planet into this realm of compassion. So it doesn't have the same kind of leap and energy and assertion as uh, some spring equinoxes have. But that makes really, that makes a lot of feeling sense to me in a way. Like we're forging new territory Mm -hmm. for sure in so many areas, but we're forging it also quietly through doing the feeling work that we each need to do and through finding compassion for ourselves and for others mm-hmm. as this unfolds. That's so gorgeous. And, you know, I, I have a, a follow-up question slash uh, just kind of rumination, which is that what you're talking about, this idea of going into the uh, bigness of the birth energy in this way, in this 12th house way feels like to me anyway, personally, and I, I do think it's somewhat of a shared experience feels to me like the frequency and the overall invitation of 2018 in general. It feels like everything we've been doing, we're invited to do it in a way that's a little bit more dialed into how we're feeling how like we're really getting feels like anyway we're really getting stripped of kind of the old 
hustle and like yeah, yeah I don't know I, I don't have anywhere else to take it <laughs> it's just like no, really I, I, exciting I to, so, yeah. yeah I so so agree with you and I think that part of that is just in the in the bigger picture of what's going on you've talked about this in your podcast but Jupiter in Scorpio and then Saturn in Capricorn that requires so much depth so much depth of us. It requires a quiet, steady determination, a patience. And then the Jupiter and Scorpio requires us to go as deep as we can go to heal what needs to be healed. The only way to do that is if we have a lot of compassion for ourselves and for others in that process. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very almost like, I want to almost say like watery, earthy um, equinox, even though we're moving into fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it seems that way, right? Because when we're it it seems like it couldn't be any other way to go from like a new moon in Pisces to the equinox, <laughs> you know, like it feels yeah. like yeah. there's all this water. Um, is there, and it all, it also seems to me from a completely non-astrological sensibility that the Mercury retrograde that we have coming up in Aries feels much the same way, like this opportunity to move into the new season, like gentle, gentle, like, just yeah checking in before we go out do you find yeah. that too 100 percent. yeah mm. you you said it <laughs> cool. i mean exactly i mean and I, i've always thought of mercury retrograde as an opportunity i i because it really is a chance to go within it really is a chance to retreat it really is a chance to get quiet and i i kind of love mercury retrograde in Me a strange too. way and i don't get nervous about it I just like, let's, let's review what's happened. Let's go in. Yeah. Were you born under any retrogrades, Heidi? Um, None that are made, you know, no, I would say. (laughs) I mean, I've had, I've been born with a lot of detriments and a lot of, um, you know, planets in, in signs that they're not necessarily happy in, but that's again, another soul centered opportunity to just be like, what's the best of this planet in this sign? How can I allow it to grow? Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to ask you a question on air. Um, I was born under seven. Is that normal? Uh, that's unusual. <laughs> that is unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just say Great. this is this is the dance that you do between being an outside public figure and being the deepest internal wise woman, you know, listener mm-hmm. hermit. <laughs> Great. Well, you know, I'm, I'm like, trying yeah. to trying to accept those retrograde gifts. Um. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate no, you admitting I mean, there, that there, it's there unusual. Are there are gifts. Yeah. The one yes. the one yeah. gift is that I would say that retrogrades always feel like a big healing time to me. Like I I like them. I, I agree. Yeah. Yep, I agree because you get to review, you get mm-hmm. to go inward. I absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Heidi, you are a mama and I wanted yeah. to yeah, mama of two and I wanted to talk to you about something that I know that you do that is so special and I First got introduced to it on your interview with June Diane Raphael, who I also really love. Um, you had an interview with her where you spoke about her mother's chart who had passed and her. And I just yeah. thought that that was, it was so beautiful. And um, I'd love to talk to you. What has your experience been working with people intergenerationally like mom's chart child's chart and what has it been to get to work with learn from be open to your your the chart of your two children yeah well it's such a gorgeous gorgeous opportunity and in my case my daughter is a leo and i am leo rising and Mm -hmm. my son is a sagittarius and my husband is sagittarius rising so in this case they are definitely our teachers are uh you know they are embodying the energies that we want to call in and it's so beautiful to look at families and to look at these overlaps my mother is a libra i'm an aries they're opposite Mm -hmm. one another our families are our greatest teachers there are greatest opportunities to grow. And I love to look at 
the dance of families together and use astrology as a healing tool. You know, my father is an Aries. I'm an Aries. He taught me about daring. He taught me about coming forward, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 but he's cancer rising. I'm Leo rising. So mm-hmm. I have a different mission. Um, but there's always, always resonances and, that's one of my great joys to to have parents come in and look at the children's charts to have mothers come in and look at their children's charts yeah it's just it's a beautiful process mm, that's so amazing you know i um you when i heard that episode it got me thinking about something i have a massive family and i sat down and went from grandparents down to grandchildren so three generations and my grandparents on my mother's side had eight kids and I'm one of 24 grandchildren. First, first cousins. Oh my gosh. Wow. And there are two of us that are fire signs. Two. Wow. wow. Two. Oh my gosh. Oh my two, gosh. Heidi. Two. Oh my gosh. You've got to blaze the way, my dear. I know. <laughs> two. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. There are, there are Sagittarius twins. I always, that's not great. Sorry, Megan Jack, but there are four of us. Okay. Four of us out of oh this family. And it's the same thing on my father's side. It's a much smaller family. There are no fire. There's no fire at all. Wow. Wow. Well, yes. I mean, I, I would say it's interesting. I have a ton of Taurus in my lineage. And, you know, as an Aries, mm. Taurus is a radically different energy. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, yeah. I also oh my I also love looking at, like, I love you sharing that. I mean, it's beautiful for you to be sharing and seeing your children as your teachers, you and your partner, husband, um, for so long, um, I don't have the greatest birth parents. They, they tried their best, but it's not great. They're both Gemini's with, um, water risings and earth moons and pretty difficult people. And I took, it took me a very long time to work with even Gemini friends because I found that sign so difficult. And there's so much Gemini in my chart. My midheaven, like a lot of my, the asteroids in my chart are Gemini. And there's some, my north node is Gemini. Like there are some really important, that's been healing since I started to see that lineage connection as whoa, you know, there's a lot of healing to do here. There's also a lot of discovery. There can be a lot of um, welcoming and embracing of the the magic and the beauty of Gemini because I love, I love Geminis, but having grown up with it, that's been my biggest healing journey around at the acceptance of a particular sign. Um, and I'm curious, uh, have you gone through or worked through like one particular sign in your chart that you've had to really learn to love? Well, I'm with you with the Gemini, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Gemini. Yeah, and I do think that, I, no, I do think that astrology, but I also do think astrology is a great sign of, of compassion. And we do learn, and, and there have been so many gifts that have come my way through every single sign. But initially for my Capricorn moon, it has often felt like, um, you know, that, that, that the Gemini at an earlier stage has a kind of scattering, you know, and that's hard yeah. for the, the part of me that wants to control and manage and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's, it's such a, it's such a science of, of compassion and mm-hmm. it allows us to learn to love one another more by understanding the journey that we're each on. Mm. And I guess finally, unless something else arises, my, um, Final question to you is actually about your poetry. So you write poetry and have presented it, published a book of poetry. I'd love to hear about, because you're such an exquisite writer, I would love to hear about your journey around writing and how, um, and, and sort of how that began to intersect with your moon notes that you offer on Instagram and all the other obvious astrology writing that you do, like, where did that, where did that passion come from? When did it develop in you? And sort of when did it start weaving in with astrology? 
Yeah, you know, I same same thing from from a very very early age writing Amazing. poetry, like very very early age, like very little remembering writing poetry, uh, writing, and then getting to college and sort of um, discovering maybe a little bit maybe grad school discovering David White, loving David White, feeling uh, f- discovering Mary Oliver you know, starting to take a writing class and this Bruce Gelfand who I've interviewed would bring in poets every, um, every class. And I would just, just be steeped in it. And when I was pregnant with my daughter, Kate, I just found that I was writing poetry again. I mean, and diving into trying to uh, understand my growing through poetry and I have been writing since my daughter's now 14 and it's, it's like a spiritual path for me as well. And, um, and the moon notes just, you know, the moon notes are the astrology meets the poetry. That's just, that's what it is. It's yeah. um, this beautiful dance between how I see, um, how I see the world. I mean, like I have Mercury in Pisces, so I communicate. Oh yeah. That's the poet. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 A friend of the podcast and fellow astrologer and tarot reader, Jeff Hinshaw also has a Mercury in Pisces and he it exactly. is the same uh, kind of yeah. gorgeous communicator as you are. Oh, thank you. And I do, I just love sharing the poetry and I think it's also a great teaching tool for how we can, walk our walk uh, in this life and and keep our heart open you know and keep loving more and that's my poetry is all about i think the unfolding of the self Mm, that's so beautiful well it's a gift for all of us that you share it and especially that it's such an integrated part of your podcast the radiance project is so beautiful Mm. um thank you love of course so I'd love to, this is a, a just a moment in a space. Do you have anything upcoming that you'd like to share with people other than our class? Because we'll talk about that in a moment. That's so lovely. You know, truly the next, yes, our class. And and then um, the next Radiant Life Retreat will be in October. And I'm, I'm finalizing those dates right now. Um, but other than that, just to, to read the moon notes and to listen to the podcast, that's what's taking my time. That's what's, you know, occupying all my gorgeous time right now in the best <laughs> way. And I do, um, I do snapshots for people as well. I do like, um, uh, astrological snapshots that are much less money and you can find those on my website. And it's a great way to just orient yourself to the chart. It's a great introductory way. Amazing. Love it. Everyone, there'll be links to check out everything that we've been talking about on the podcast. So again, Heidi and I are co-teaching a beautiful workshop at Women's Space in Culver City, Los Angeles. Um, It runs on March 20th from 7 to 9.30 p.m. and is called Radiant Rebirth and is essentially a beautiful snapshot um, of the solstice the equinox and the subsequent beginning of the new wheel of the year through the lens of soul-centered astrology and tarot respectively and I'm going to be sharing quite a bit about the emperor and how we can kind of utilize this beautiful energy in a kind of a different way than my I mean everyone listening knows that I feel pretty strongly about the fact that emperor is not this kind of insane ruler but rather kind of a redwood gentle father energy and so we're going to be talking a little bit about how that plays in and the upcoming um energies that are unfolding through the lens of tarot and then Heidi if you want to share a little bit about what you'll be chatting about with the workshop you can go ahead and do that now well, you know, I'm going to just deepen what we've spoken about, mm-hmm. about the energies available. I'm actually going to also share some poetry that will yes. capture the essence of the energy. I, I think that's the way in. And um, perhaps even look a little bit about how people's sun signs are resonant with the energy of the equinox. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So if anyone would like to sign up for that, you can find the link to do so either on my website, lindsaymack.com or on Heidi's website, which is 
HeidiRoseRobbins.com? That's it's just HeidiRose.com. HeidiRose.com. Yep. H-E-I-D-I-R-O-S-E. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it'll come right up. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share, Perfect. Heidi? Perfect. I am just so grateful to you. I'm so grateful for your friendship. I'm so grateful to be on this podcast with you. I I think your work is tremendous, and I can't wait to teach with you. I know. I feel (laughs) the same way. Come in, bask in this love fest, everyone, and help us to, you know, really embrace and call in. I mean, the spring equinox is one of my favorite days of the year, and I can't think of anyone who I'd rather spend it with than you, Heidi. I'm so excited. Me too. Me too. Thank you, you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today.